Hey, mate. Hey, mate, how are you? Good, can you hear me? Yeah, mate, can you hear me all right? Yep. Uh, I don't have headphones. Ah, oh, come on, man. It says you. At least I've had them the last two weeks. All right. Do you want to bring it in? Sure. What are we talking about again? I don't know. I was hoping you remembered. Hey? I was hoping you remembered. Uh, was it? Uh, oh, um... Health practitioners. Yeah, like, freak your patients out. Sorry? Like, when they, like, say something and manipulate your patients' beliefs, like, uh... Yeah. You know, like, oh, your, your back's broken or something. Yep, yep. All right, cool. All right, go ahead. All right, guys, welcome to another week of the Rethink Movement. Today... Mitch with me again, and how are you, Mitch? Good, mate. How are you? I like how you say today I've got Mitch with me as if, like, uh, it's someone else. Yeah, it could be a different Mitch. It's going to be different today. Um, yeah, so today we're going to, or well, Mitch put out a, a poll during the week um, between all the poll we had, mistakes that we've made as practitioners in the past things I've learned from and versus um, previous previous health practitioners uh, belief or influence on, on a person's belief. Uh, so I guess I can cover a range of things. We're probably going to talk more specifically to in uh, about pain today. Um, so yeah, we'll get started. So, Mitch... Adrian. around their back. Yeah, right. Um, I've had someone... How do they, they blow their discs? What was the uh, mechanism? Something very 
Uh, it was. I, I honestly, I I believe so. I can't remember off the top of my head, but yeah, yeah, right. It wasn't something that stopped me in my tracks and was like, okay, there's there was a significant traumatic yeah. event, like an accident, like car accident, or something. Like it was something that I was like, oh, come on. Um, yeah. You know, so I, I can't remember, so I don't want to misspeak. Um, another one that I've had, which was quite interesting, was a was an older guy. He was maybe, oh, would have been about 56, 57. He worked yep. in IT, uh, and his belief was he, he worked as a, a baker for years. Actually, he wasn't even a baker. He was he just loaded bread onto a truck, uh, like into a van, uh, for years before that. And he was told by uh, another health practitioner that because of those years of work, his back was so overdeveloped, it was pulling his spine out, and that's why he had back pain. Um, yep. And so when he told me that, it was like, all right, I don't even know where where to begin. Like, do I begin with, you know, just principles of adaptation? Do I begin with, well, you've been sedentary for the last 30 years, so any adaptation you may have had is now gone? Do I begin with, you know, if, if your back is that overdeveloped from picking up bread that it's pulling your spine out, would a, a powerlifter's spine not be on the wall behind them? Like, like where's the ratio stop strength here. Like, yeah, exactly right. I had no idea where to start. That one was interesting. Um, I had a person who couldn't sit without back support because her back muscles didn't work, but her back muscles were also somehow simultaneously uh, too strong, so they would pull her spine out as well. Uh, what do you mean? Yeah, exactly. Muscles weren't working, but initial initial, initial consult was, oh, my back muscles don't work. Okay, right. And then uh, <laughs> I, she sat on a stool and said, can I get a chair? Um, my back muscles are too overactive and too strong that they pull on my spine. I was like, well, hold up. I think we've just cured your not working problem. If we give you a stool and they're super active, they now work. You're cured. Yep. Where's my money? Um, <laughs> yep. So that's... Um, that, that's like, but honestly though, like in, in the big online monitoring wow. study where we've got, um, it's I'm coming up to us like fourth or fifth year now where we've been following people for a year uh, with, with all the quantitative measures, but we've also got a few open-end descriptors and some of the descriptors are just like, some of the, the, the images that people have in yep. their head of what's going on with their body is, is horrifying. Um, and, you know, we've always... And I think that's the, the the biggest biggest issue with these beliefs that we're we're creating. And I guess it goes back to what we've we spoken about in the last few weeks. It's it's creating this fear into their into their patients or their clients to then need to be reliant on them for them to keep coming back in a roundabout way. It's like this vicious cycle. And I, I guess we sort of touched on it previously, but disease, I guess, the mongering technique. What, what is it doing from a, a, a greater perspective, not just on, in terms of the injury or what's going on, but yeah, psychologically what's going on, physically what's going on. If they've been told they shouldn't do any exercise ever again, like what other sort of chronic conditions have they developed then? 
comorbidities have they developed? I think this is the biggest issue. It's it's not just about protecting that injured area. It's it's creating yeah. a whole range of problems that we see now. Um, yeah. and, and I guess yeah, you can say the same sort of thing. It's yeah, yeah. You go oh, stop exercising because your knees are going to wear out. So they stop doing any any form of exercise. All of a sudden they're they've gone 20 kilos overweight. They've developed some sort of chronic uh, cardiovascular disease. They're going into pre-diabetic, if not diabetic already. So now we've just created a whole bunch of more problems just because we've been told oh, uh, avoid exercise. Sure. It's going to ruin your knees. Going to wear them out. Well, like unless you're running 100 kilometers a day. Highly unlikely, and even then, the evidence is or not, or not particularly for that amount of time. But I guess elite marathon runners aren't. There was a paper that came out earlier in the year, or end of last year, sorry, saying how like there's a there's sort of like a happy medium between your recreational runner and your marathon runner, and somewhere in between that is is, is actually good for knee health. So that was interesting. But what we've been hearing from doctors for the last few years is oh, stop running, it's oh, bad for your knees, stop doing this, it's bad for your knees, stop doing that, it's going to ruin your back. And they've created it and we just keep... Re- and they've just, they're just reinforcing this. And it, it's it's quite frustrating where all of a sudden as a an exercise professional, you go, oh, man, no, you should be exercising, you should be doing a bit more of, of this and that because look what's happened. You're, you're 20 kilos overweight, you're diabetic, you're going to have a heart attack sure. or have a stroke anytime soon because you've stopped doing all sorts of activity. Um, yeah, and, and it's sad because it affects their whole their whole livelihood and life. For sure. So, um, yeah, that's what I've, I've sort of noticed as well in the clinic. So then it's, I guess, like, leading into that, like, so what are the best, so what sort of techniques have you used or strategies have you used to sort of get around these beliefs without, I guess, uh, what's the best way to put it, poo-pooing on that practitioner. Because ultimately we don't want to badmouth other practitioners. Like everyone's got their opinion. Sometimes they're wrong, sometimes they're right. Yeah. But we, we still got to maintain some sort of level of professionalism. I guess you can go on a rant and, and rave about it, but we, we need to maintain that professionalism because uh, I guess that's the most important thing for us too is, yeah, we don't want to badmouth anyone in particular. We can badmouth a situation or a, a concept, but we, can't, we shouldn't really go yeah. attack anyone in particular or any <laughs> practitioner in particular or, yeah. or uh, a field in particular. As a, that's probably a bit better. Um, most people probably know what we're trying to get to, but <laughs> um, I, you, you might want to... You might feel like you can go and target certain yeah, areas, um, but I, I think it's better. Yeah, cool. I, I, don't I, anyway, I think you've, you've given a, a few points for me to talk to. Um, first of all, how to approach it. I find the best way is to tell the patient that you're going to challenge the other healthcare practitioner to a duel. It's clearly right. Um, that one seems to work pretty well. Except if the other practitioner is bigger than you, um, then just bow yep. out gracefully. Um, or tell the yeah. patient that they're clearly on steroids and <laughs> just demerit them that way. Uh, basically, yeah. <laughs> um, no, I think yeah. everything you said, I agree with. Um, you know, I, I don't, I don't like 
kind of directly saying this is wrong or that is wrong um, and undermining someone else. I think that's very unprofessional. Uh, Although uh, I'm kind of at a spot at the moment where I don't really care if I piss people off. Uh, and I think that comes across in the podcast a little bit because I just I just don't care. Um, I'm never going to yep, see. Yep. Yeah, that's right. Like a sweeping generalization. I sit here and say, you know, like last week we took a, a bit of a stab at surgeons. I think at, toward the end, um, but there are. But we yep. also did preface it with there are some circumstances where surgery is essential, and you know. I'm not going to pick up a scalpel and yeah, have a crack. Right. Um, we do need these people. You know, there's there's definitely situations where, you know, I've heard some things from physiotherapy or osteopathy, chiropractic, that I've been like, that is just pure bullshit. And I will speak out against that because I don't care if I piss off the practitioner, um, yep. you know, for the benefit of the patient. In saying that, though, there's just as much, much in my own field as there is in other fields. So I'm not ever offending, you know, That's a physio right. because... I've met so many AEPs yeah. that are times worse. You'll call exactly out the right. bullshit, call out the bullshit, not anything else. However, again, yeah. I'm never going to target someone. And we've got to remember this is not exactly. a personal attack gonna... on them. It's not a personal attack on them. As a person, it's the uh, the field they're in or it's the, I guess, the yeah. concept that they're trying to, uh, to use, which is the issue. It's not actually them, and it's just... Like I said, obviously, this is the whole point of our podcast is to sort of make uh, people rethink what's going on. And and that's, uh, uh, we, should get, we should get paid every time we, we say that. We should pay ourselves. I guess that's the whole point is, yeah, just question what you're doing. Like, is a certain modality such, I guess, about cupping the best way to treat X, Y, Z, as an example? Like, just rethink. Okay, yeah, it might have its place. Um I guess we probably don't. I, I, wouldn't. I can't think of one, but uh, is it? Or, yeah, I know, but like I said, no, I, I know you um, Yeah, it is. It's a tool. It's a tool. It's probably one of the least used tools, or should be the least used tool. But it, it, it is a, it is yeah. something that you can use. Um, and but it's not the best thing oh, for, sure. for certain circumstances. So it's just under, understanding that and. and rethinking and, and, and sort of applying things in a different way or going down a different mm. avenue and I think that's the most important thing Yeah, you've got to realise it's doing things and a little bit uh, differently that's what I was about to say is I'm never going to direct any of this at yep. a particular individual and you know even when I do go on a rant on social media from time to time you know it's never directed and I've said this line a lot of times you know this isn't directed at anyone but if the shoe fits feel free to be offended you know, I'm going to call out the bullshit, call out the charlatans, um, you know, and if you're a person in a position, if you feel personally attacked because I've said, hey, stop telling your patients that if they bend over, their disc is going to blow out. If you feel personally attacked by that, good. You should feel personally attacked by that. And I don't give a shit if you do because you're ruining people's lives. Uh, and I honestly don't care. I'm never going to sit there and put a, a name to it and say, you know, this professional is doing this. I'm just going to call the bullshit out. Um, and, you know, and that's kind yeah, that's of it. where I kind of see myself at the moment is moving into more of that kind of knowledge dissemination, public intellectual space where I'm trying to call out the bullshit and educate the public because, you know, scientists, all we do is talk to each other through fancy scientific journals that you have to pay to access. 
you know, the point of science is to educate the masses. That's right. If there are... That's right. Joe Blow's exactly not getting right. access to those. That's you know, sure. if there are people like you and I, you know, talking about how to actually put this science into practice, what's the use of science? Um, anyway, I digress. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of what I, I would say there. I definitely say the hardest situation is when the person is still with the practitioner. Um, you know, even if there's yep. someone like, yeah, you know, they're like, oh, I was seeing this, you know, doctor, surgeon, physio, chiro, other EP, whoever, for the last 10 years, they really helped me. They told me to do this and everything they said was complete bullshit and you're trying to work against it. That's never going to be as hard as, um, you know, oh, I've, I've got a, an appointment with my chiro tomorrow and he's told me that I, I shouldn't ever exercise. Uh, and I really trust him because I like my chiro and I have a good relationship yeah. with my chiro. That's the hardest one because it's like, you're yep. going to go to this person tomorrow and tell yeah, this definitely. person everything I've said. Um, so exactly that's, right. that's where two things come into and, play, I think. Uh, and the first one is knowing how to approach it in a respectful manner, um, which I'm sure we'll talk through yep. strategies you know, in a, in a minute. And the second one, and then you can add on to this and, and talk to this as well, is just backing yourself as a professional. Um, you know, we need to we need to really back ourselves as the exercise guys. Um, you know, if you're if you're yeah, an EP definitely. or an exercise scientist or a personal trainer, if you're an exercise professional, what you do for a living is, is exercise, and you second guess yourself about a physio, a chiro, an osteo, any other practitioner in the world knowing more than you about exercise, you should probably leave the industry you're in. Um, you know, this is our industry. Yeah. You know, we are the professionals in this. That's right. Go back yourself. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, so do you want to Definitely. kind of... Yes. Definitely. And it's a, yeah, I guess it goes back to what we spoke about. It's We, we obviously need to stay in our lane. And how, yeah, if us exercise professionals are staying with our lane, each other scope should as yes. well. I mean, that's the most important thing is... And then realizing, yeah, we, we do know sure. this better, so we need to not educate, not only educate the patient, but then the client. I think a biggest, a lot of biggest issue I find is a lot of the beliefs get lost in yeah. translation. And so from the from practitioner to to client or to patient to then the next practitioner. So it's very hard. So I guess the the, the client will uh, pick bits and pieces that sort of relate to them and then create their own yeah. sort of belief from that. Um, I think that's the biggest yeah. issue I've found in the past. Um, so it's really trying to clarify, like, well, what this person's saying is not wrong. It's just I think you've mis misinterpreted it or uh, sort of taken it a little bit in the wrong way, if that makes sense. I think that's the biggest issue i found. So it's just understanding. So it's basically... Yeah, breaking down whatever belief they do, uh, regardless if it's the, the practitioner they've seen as belief or if it's their own belief that they've created or they've sort of come to the conclusion to through what this practitioner said, and then just breaking it down and then sort of re, re-educating them about that. I think that's the big best strategy. Yep. Um, like you said, if, if... Like I have bullshit on some of the things that I've heard from some of my patients from clients because oh. it was just ridiculous. Like, it was ridiculous. I'm like, 
Okay. I know this sounds bad, but that is completely wrong. I'm not sure if... And usually I just say, like, I'm not sure if you've just misunderstood or what, or they've misunderstood or misinterpreted, but this is what is the go. So, um, I have. Um, and, and it depends on the relationship you develop with this person, this patient, client as well. Um, you'll be able to... With some of them that you've got a really good rapport with, you'll be able to sort of be like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, I thought that was wrong, or, or they'll be like, is this right? And they, 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 want it, they use you as a sounding board to either... Uh, reaffirm what they, they knew was wrong or or just to clarify to make sure it was it is right. So um, I tend to find, yeah, just sort of just re-educating and I'm taking what they believe, break it down a little bit or as much as possible and then sort of yeah. start back up again and sort of get them on the right path. And, yeah, if you've got a good relationship with that person, they'll tend to take it on board and, and try to um, use it. Um, if, like you said, they have a really good relationship with that other practitioner, then they'll tend to, to go and speak to them and then compare. So, and a lot of times, like, these practitioners, sometimes, yeah, they just get so caught up in, in their, their own little things that they don't actually think a little bit differently about things. And it's not until they get, get questioned on it. Because if you keep, like, you've got to think about it. These people are repeating the same thing day in, day out. They just be like, oh, this is the right thing. No one's questioned me on it. Yeah. No one's really um, challenged me to it. So they just they like, just continue. They think what they're doing is right, even though we know like we always got to be changing and and uh, and improving. So sometimes they've been doing the same thing for the last five years, and it's not until they get a client that'll challenge them yeah. about it that it's like, oh, maybe I should think about it a little bit different. But then we also get the other person on the other end which would be like nah I've been doing it for so long doing it this way it's the right way so it's always yeah. interesting but um, like I said generally if you can keep an open form of communication between practitioners if they're still currently seeing that person I think that's, that's really important for the practitioner for like a I guess a patient centred outcome and just have a discussion with them so it takes out that middle person I think that's another really good way to sort of reduce the uh I guess the misinterpretation or the, the yeah. uh, change in beliefs um, from patient, uh, practitioner to client, yeah. sort of get everyone on the same page. Um, and then I guess, yeah, from there, yeah, talking professional to professional, sometimes it, it's a little bit better to gauge exactly what they're trying to say. Yeah. I think that's really important too. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm sure, sure you've done that in the past as a strategy, I guess. Yeah. So I think that's, that's really important. So like that open communication between practitioners, um, I think it's really important. So yeah, basically re-educating the client and, and, and that having that open open communication is pretty important. Um, yep. They're the two main things I'd say in terms of what I, I've sort of used in the past and, and still continue to try yeah. to use. I'm sure there's a whole lot more. Um, but yeah, I think they're the two main ones that are pretty yeah. important. No, that's cool. I think um, I definitely definitely agree on the, the calling bullshit as a, a tool in the toolbox. Um, and, like, I think you know, too, and you can almost kind of tell if a person's, um, you know, asking you rather than telling you, like, if they're fact-checking the other person uh, and you've got a bit of a rapport, yeah. you'll find, like, I've had this conversation so many times with someone yeah. like, oh, you know, my, my other, you know, professional said, said X, Y, Z, what, what, do you, what do you think about that? And, I was, and I'll just say, look, mate, I'm going to be completely honest. Like, I know where they're coming from. You know, they're not lying to you. It, it was something that yeah. has been you know, used in practice for a very, very long time. However, 
we've definitely moved past that. So if I'm being honest with you, with what we now know, yep. everything that they're, they're kind of you know, pushing is, is, is somewhat bullshit and a bit irrelevant. And the, the patient's just turned around and been like, I'm so glad you yep. said that. Like, after the stuff you've been saying, it's starting to sound a bit wacky. Yep. I'm really glad you've just been honest with me. Um, yeah. You know, yeah, like, I, I think the, I'll get into my strategy in a sec, but I think the big thing to remember there with the calling bullshit is, is two things. First thing, we don't ever want to compromise our own integrity for another um, healthcare professional's feelings. You know, at the end of the day, the, the, what you just said, patient-centered yeah. outcome is exactly what we're there for. You know, if we can get our patient a good outcome, um, that, that's what we want. You know, who, who really cares if, you know, the other professional might be a bit of a snowflake and, and has a bit of a, a whinge to their receptionist because, you know, you said they, they um, the client's disc wasn't uh, floating around in their back. You know, like, who gives a shit? Like, if the patient gets better and I've pissed off another practitioner, I, I don't care. And that says more about the other person than it does about me. Um, because I can still... Yeah, exactly right. Exactly. If anything, it's going to improve them if they learn from that, I guess. Exactly right. Get them right. questioning their own beliefs. Um, but, but, you know, like I said important. before, I'm not going out to intentionally hurt people's feelings. It's just... And I'm always going to do it in my strategy, which I'll mention in a minute, which will make a bit more sense. But, you know, like I said, first things first, don't compromise your own integrity. Just because another professional said, you know, hey, you should never squat because... Uh, your disc is going to blow up if you squat. Don't then turn around and go, oh, okay, there's some merit to that. Just say, well, maybe let's talk about it. And the second thing, if there is an immediate, um, don't call spade a spade, if there's going to be medical malpractice occur, uh, something that's going to go against current best practice, current best evidence, current um, clinical practice guidelines based on another professional's uh, recommendation, then I feel it is appropriate to say, no, no, what they're recommending is wrong and incorrect. Don't do that. Um, You know, uh, we won't say the person, but like that first session when I skipped ahead to week four because the guy was about to go get a scan the next day um, because he'd been recommended to get a scan. And I was like, no, no, let's not do that. No reason for a scan. And I promise you, by the time you get to week four, you'll understand so much more about scans that you'll look back and be like, oh, yeah, I didn't need one. Um, And that kind of brings me to my strategy which my strategy uh, in the intervention, which I'm, I'm now just employing as just simply my strategy, which I've, I've learned from doing the intervention, is when someone asks one of these hard questions, I'll just say, you know, like, to be honest, I've never been asked a question or given a belief that they've got from another practitioner that we haven't addressed somewhere in that eight weeks. Um, so I'll just say to them, I'm like, hey, look, yeah. really cool question. We're actually going to get to that in, in week four. Um, so let's talk about that in week four, put, you know, shelve that one for the minute. Uh, and we'll talk about it in week four, because I promise you, like, we're going to be in a better situation to talk about it. And then more than likely, most of the time what's happened is week four rocks around. It's like, Oh, Hey, what's up today? We're going to talk about that question you had about MRIs and what your practitioner told you about, uh, your bulging disc or your disc degeneration or whatever it might be. And they've already put two and two together because they've just had three weeks of pain education. So they're kind of expecting what you're going to say. Um, and they're also in a better situation to hear it. They're no longer going, oh, you know, other other person is, is 100% correct. You've now built a bit of rapport. You've now shown what you're yep. all about. They now understand pain education. They now understand that pain is funkier than just a bulging disc. So when you go, hey, you know, bulging disc, blah, 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 
wouldn't really make sense with all the funky stuff we know that goes on with the brain and pain and nervous system and blah, 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 blah. Wouldn't really make sense for it just to be, you know, a tight hip flexor now, would it? They kind of go, oh, yeah, I didn't think of that. And so all of a sudden you get around that confrontation with the other professional simply through education. Um, and if your education, if you educate the person well, Sorry. come on, man, man. you're going to blow uh, Patty's eardrums again. Right. Um, <laughs> Sorry, Pat. You can't offend our one listener. Did. What are you doing? Um, no, we're actually we're actually getting quite a few downloads on each episode. I'm I'm really thank you guys for listening. Just a quick sidebar, but thank you so much for listening. Um, but anyway, uh, I digress. So when you do that, when you educate someone, uh, if your education is you know like if it's done right, you know you're not really going to have that confrontation because the, you know as soon as the patient turns around and might have that, but what about moment? They quickly go, well, hang on, Mitch has said, or Adrian said for the last four weeks that pain's pretty funky. It doesn't really make sense that my tight hip flexor is causing my pain or my weak glute medius is causing all my pain or whatever it might be. So you kind of unpick it through education without without ever uh, directly going at it. And I've, I've used this in a situation where I had a, I had a person um, who was in the study uh, was also seeing a chiropractor. Uh, the chiropractor was also his best mate. Um, so you can see, like, I'm in a position right now where he's believing everything his best mate said because he trusts this guy like you wouldn't believe. It's not only his practitioner, but it's his best friend. Um, and this guy's told him zero lifting, zero exercise, zero anything um, for at least six weeks. And so session one, I've gone, we're squat, bench, and deadlifting. And he's gone, I'm not allowed. I've gone, ah, sick. Um, that was probably the most difficult one I've been in. And basically what I did there was yep. just super aggressive the first session, just keep just doing anything. It's like, hey, and like, mind you, this guy, uh, and if he listens to this podcast, that'd be, that'd be sick too because uh, he's going to get a bit of a pump up now. But this guy was jacked this guy was like 96 kilo lean like walks in the room like looks like he's about to step on stage like dude was jacked so i was like i'm gonna use this in my favor like it was kind of easier in that way because i was like man you are so freaking jacked it's not funny if you stand up out of a chair your spine's not gonna fall out so just sit down onto a box and stand up for me and now sit down onto a box and stand up holding something that in relative to how freaking strong you are because you're super jacked uh, you know, is pretty light to you. Um, and I kind of got there, you know, through session one. And then as session, the sessions went on, the education kicked in uh, and, you know, come back to that whole like, oh, but my, my Cairo and my friend said this. And I was like, well, look, we're actually going to deal with that in week five. Um, so just, just, you know, go with me till we get there. Uh, and let's just, you know, move based on, on what you can do. Um, and as the education went on, he got more and more understanding of kind of some of the inconsistencies that were explained to him. Uh, funnily enough, one of the direct examples I used of the body doesn't work like this in the education, uh, he'd actually been told the day before. Um, so that, that was pretty, yeah. uh, it was pretty wow. coincidental, but it was also 
it was it was tough, right? Because like his best mate, who's a trusted healthcare practitioner, the day before said, "Hey, um, you know, if you sit on your wallet, your hips tilt and your spine goes out of position." Uh, and then the very next day, I said, "You know, oh, we've all seen a picture of you know something bad, like you know, sitting on the wallet does this to your body, which it really doesn't. Like it's just ridiculous to think that it would." And he was like, "Oh, I got told that yesterday." Oh shit. <laughs> But by that point, that was week uh, week four or five, and by that point, he'd understood enough about pain and enough about the body that he was able to go, oh, actually, yeah, it doesn't make sense. And when I was told that, I actually questioned it. Um, so there was zero confrontation that occurs. Uh, and then, so basically by week six, this guy was fully loaded, squatting, benching, deadlifting, heavy rows, all of that good stuff. Uh, his, his Cairo, his best mate, to his credit, could see he was getting better, um, could see all of this stuff occurring and was basically, you know, started being really open to, to what, what we, were, we were pushing, uh, you know, in terms of the pain education and things like that. And then basically started to jump on board with this guy and be like, okay, well, clearly training's okay. You, you, you know, you're still in one piece. Um, you know, let's move forward. And then, you know, if anything, like, it actually ended up what Adrian was saying before as, uh, you know, this guy's, you know, by the sounds of it, increased his, his ability as a practitioner uh, indirectly from what we're pushing. Um, and that's what we want. We want better healthcare for patients. Um, so that's my strategy is have, a, have an educational plan um, and, and follow the plan so that you don't have to directly address the question in the moment because when the question comes up it's always going to be fueled by emotion yep. they're asking it because they have a, a yep. preconception uh, out of a need yeah and a lot of the times right. too like people people are just people like love gossip and crap right like they're trying to pit us against their friends it's like oh but my doctor said or my gp said yeah. they want me like yeah well your gp's dick um like people want yeah. that <laughs> Uh-huh. Just don't don't give it to us. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, uh, that is funny. Uh, have you got like, something to add to, to that? Like, what do you think? Not really, no. Nah. I think we've covered most of it. I guess a couple of scenarios. Um, yeah, I think we've covered most of what we've had. Um, Do we get any questions about... Poll that you put up. Um, should ask you earlier. Yeah, no, I, I think <laughs> there was one come through that was one come through which was along the lines of uh, actually the the reverse of what we just spoke about, which was really cool. We probably should have talked about that. Um, which was, you know, what yep. if uh, another practitioner has basically done the stuff we've already kind of spoken out against and done the whole. Um, you know, the exercise doesn't really matter. You just got to talk. It's all about your feelings type thing and kind of going way too far off the, uh, the reservation with the other side of things. Oh, yeah. um, so maybe we just quickly, yeah, quickly right. deal with that and then, and then wrap up, go on a couple, couple minutes. Um, do you, what, what would you do? Like, this is applicable to you. Someone walks into your clinic, they've seen, you know, a new age, um, you know, hippie dippy psychedelic EP, that's been like, hey, man, exercise doesn't really matter. Just stay active and, um, you know, be happy and shit. Um, 
that's a gross oversimplification, but you, you get what I mean. Um, yeah, you know, and look, this is probably yeah, going to yeah. be how the patient interprets it anyway, um, because patients always take away like the little fragments of the stuff. Yeah. Uh, what, what do you do from it? Yeah, exactly right. Um, I guess yeah, same thing. It's basically break down that belief and be like, yes, this person's right to a point, but we need to really reevaluate and rethink um, what. He's, what this person's trying to say, he or she, either or, both. Um, so, yeah, basically, again, it's, it's sort of same sort of strategies. Yeah, break down that belief and then sort of re-educate them on, okay, yes, what they're saying is correct, but we still need to have some sort of structure. And, and yes, being active is important, but also the structured exercise of this is, is, is important. Um, as an example, um if it's like yeah, exercise based, or if it's if like they've got a certain condition or they're in pain, I guess yes, we need to go that holistic avenue where we're looking at the person as a whole, but we still need to sort of uh, yeah, it's not just a general here, just go out and walk around, yeah, your pain will reduce. It's more about okay, let's reevaluate, re rethink these beliefs, change these beliefs educate them on, on, on mm. what is actually going on um, in combination and, and bringing it back to the, the, the structured exercise um, I think is important. So, like, obviously, yeah, those people are right to an extent, but we still got to remember we're, we're exercise professionals, we're not psychologists yeah. or counsellors. Even though, yes, sometimes the, the lines do get blurred and people do tend to feel comfortable enough to mm. open up to us, um, we got to remember that what, what is our profession? Are we psychologists? If you're a psychologist, great. If you're a psychologist and you're talking to them about exercise, not so great. And uh, mm-hmm. that's the most important thing is, yeah, we're exercise professionals, as you said earlier. That's our, that's our job role. We know exercise mm. well, and that's, that's our treatment. So our treatment should be that exercise prescription, not the let's talk about mm. how you, how you how you're feeling for a whole hour. It's let's talk about what's going on and how how we're going to use exercise as a, yeah. a treatment a form a treatment modality. I guess I think that's the best way to do it. So yeah, same sort of strategy. Just yeah, break down what they're trying to say and then and then re-educate mm. that the client. Uh, in a roundabout way, I guess yeah. they've done all the hard work for you. Yeah, it's kind of <laughs> in a roundabout way. way. <laughs> all the stuff that you sort of want to yeah. know, but you don't need to know. Um, they've already got it out. This person, this person's just going to basically throw it back at you, and then you just continue with the exercise base. Yeah. So that's always interesting. Um, so um, yeah, that's probably the best way. How would you sort of? Yeah, quite similar. Um, I think I would would yeah just approach it very similarly. I think I'd explain the importance of, of exercise um, from a different perspective and be like, kind of say, you know, look, this person's yep. right in terms of the traditional approaches to exercise seem to be quite flawed. Um, however, you know, where this person may have kind of had a gross misinterpretation of literature is, well, those really traditional approaches to exercise still, you know, focusing on the, the core, whatever that may be, um, you know, transverse abdominus, all that kind of stuff, 
gets the same effect sizes to psychological interventions anyway. So if you're advocating throwing out exercise for a psych intervention when it's getting just the same results, uh, effect sizes as crappy exercise, then, you know, it's a big, big question I could ask you there and kind of explain that to the patient. Be like, look, you know, they're, they're not, they're not wrong. You know, traditional exercise is a bit flawed. However, you know, if we look at exercise through a different, um, a different philosophy, I guess, and we go, well, hey, we know that the debilitating, the, uh, debilitating part of your pain is that you fear certain things. There's certain movements that you're afraid you can't do. And they're going to agree with that. And we go, well, look, we're going to use exercise to get you to do them. So by definition, we're going to increase your capacity. We're going to decrease your disability. We're going to increase yeah. your function. We're going to use exercise to gear you towards the things you are currently unable to do and believe you're not going to be able to do. Uh, and if we don't do that, then we're neglecting uh, an entire part of, of um, you know, your care. And on top of that, I'd also just kind of explain to them, like if this person is has been um, educated in the psychosocial stuff, explain that the psychosocial stuff is an interactive effect. It's an interaction um, or an amplification yeah. You know, the, the psychosocial, exactly right, That's right. Uh, That's in terms right. of it's not exclusive. It's not, oh, this person needs a psychological treatment, this person needs a social, this person needs a bio. It's a hierarchical system which has an interaction between. Um, so to disregard one element in favour of another is just as reductionist as saying it's all transverse abdominis. Um, yeah, unpopular, uh, unpopular science, but what of it? Sounds like we hit the end, mm. I think, for this podcast today. That went really yeah, quick today. <laughs> that went really quick. Good. Um, yeah, so I guess we've, we've sort of got an insight on, I guess, what sort of strategies and sort of ways we can tackle, I guess, practi- oh, health practitioners' beliefs or influence on, on, on our clients and our, our patients that we've seen previously. Um I guess, yeah, like we said earlier, it's, it is a, it can be mm. a tough one to tackle. But um, I guess as you become more confident as a practitioner, you, you, you sort of know how to handle these things. So I think that's the most important thing. As you develop that experience, you know exactly what you need to do. Um, but yeah, like we both said, we want to sort of maintain our professionalism and our, our and our integrity as well. So yeah. that's the most important thing from this podcast. Is yeah, that's.
message us. Call us if you have our number. It's not late at night because that's a bit weird. Speak to yourself. But, uh, <laughs> that's it. That's it. Thanks again, guys, and we'll hear from you. <laughs> you'll hear from us next week. See you, guys.